So we are on the top of 7a. Now, important to know something that we're going to be clarifying something that we said yesterday, that yesterday was not so clear, and today will become far more clear. Okay. So yesterday, what we said is that the halacha follows that you need to have three walls total on your sukkah. Two walls need to be full seven tefach walls. We'll see that that might not be so simple, right? Exactly how long those walls need to be. And the third wall we said needs to be one tefach, right? Now, that one tefach, up until now, what we have understood is that you have to do two walls, right? That are like this, essentially, right? Um, I wish I could show you more clearly, but there's not too much that I could do to make that more clear. I hope everyone has pictures and diagrams in front of them on the Gemara. And then the, the third wall would actually be one tefach just abutting right at the edge of either one of those two full walls. But today we're going to see that's not so simple. Itmar Nami, it was stated. Amar Shmuel Meshmei Levi. Shmuel says in the name of Levi. It shall be placed on a right angle to one of the walls that is coming out, right? So you have the walls are at, at um, are creating a right angle to each other, the two full walls, and then you put the, and then you put the tefach on one of those two walls. And this is also how they pass in, in the base medrash, in the, in the study halls. So you put it at a right angle to one of the two walls that are open up in that direction, right? So if your walls are currently uh, on the north-south the north -south axis, right, axis, and then right next to it on the east-west axis at the southern part of the north-south wall, then on the west side of the southern part of that, you would also have a one tefach. When you make this next wall that is only one tefach, it cannot be a, a three tefach, a three um, hand breath, three finger breath tefach. Rather, it is a four type um, finger breath, but they're held out openly, like more open fingers as opposed to closed tight fingers. And you actually take this one tefach thing and you put it within three tefachim of the end of the next wall. What does that do? Anything that is within three tefachim of a wall, we look at the intervening material as if it doesn't even exist and it's closed up. We call this halacha lavud. Okay, lavud means when the wall is closed up. Okay. So I have my two walls like this, right? Then what I have is I have one tefach rod that is within three tefachim of that wall. So if you take that one tefach rod from the beginning of that one tefach rod till this wall on my right hand is four tefachim total. The four tefachim total is looked at as if that entire region is actually closed, even though it's not. But since halachically, anything that's less than three tefach opening, we look at as not open. So therefore, it's as if it's actually enclosed. Now, what does that encompass in total? Four tefachim. Four tefachim is the majority of a seven tefach wall. And when we talk about that the third wall only needs one tefach, what he means is it means that the third wall, together with Lavud, together with one tefach, ends up being four tefach wall. So not only one tefach on the fourth wall, technically it's only one tefach of standing up space. But with the process of Lavud, right, with the Talmudic idea of Lavud, you end up with four tefachim closed up. Let's say you have a different scenario. Instead of having the two walls as right angles to each other, the two walls are actually parallel to each other. Sheira, it is kosher. 
And the third tefach, right? The third wall, which is one tefach, you can put it either on this side or on that side, right? Either closer to the, this side wall or closer to that side wall. In that scenario, instead of making only a one tefach wall, you actually have to make a wall that is a little bit more than four tefachim of space, of width. And then you have to put it within three tefachim of the wall that you want it to be. Because four tefachim plus within three tefachim of the next space, you end up with seven tefachim total. Anytime you're within three tvachim, if you're opening between the wall and your next area is less than three tvachim, then it's considered law, but it's considered as if the intervening space is not there. Why is it that in the first scenario, when the walls were actually perpendicular to each other and were adjacent to each other in this perpendicular section, the third wall that is coming on either end of the two corners, right? It only needs to be one tefah. But when the walls are actually parallel to each other and there's an open space in between them, right? Then it needs to actually be a four tefah wall. What's the difference? When you have the two walls like this, where they're adjacent to each other at a right angle, so you have two kosher walls, then you just need one tefah. Over here, where you don't have two walls, you don't have two walls because they're actually parallel to each other. Over here, where you don't have two walls that are next to each other, then you don't actually have a space that is akin to a dwelling place. It's a very important point to know about this halacha. Halacha is like this. The purpose of a sukkah, we have to understand what that is. What's the purpose of a sukkah? It's to dwell in a place, right? When you build a shelter, right, if you ever go like uh, one of those like survival schools, right, and you want to learn how to build a shelter, they do not tell you, take one wall, build it over here, take another wall, build it over there. You take two walls, you build them next to each other, so you have a shelter, right? What would you build two walls far away from each other for? It's not a shelter, right? So it's not a place where people would live. So you want to actually connect them. How do you connect them? Now you need to build a four tefach wall. A four tefach wall is already considered something significant in terms of shading you from the sun, shading you from the wind, okay? And that's why if you don't have two walls in one place, you need to make it into a shelter, which can only happen by putting a four plus tefach wall in the third place. Amarava, Rava says, even so, it will only become permitted to be called a closed off area if you have what is called a tsuras hapesach, right, on the open space. Um, I, I wish I had things with me to show you guys what this means. Um, let me grab some sparm. I'll try to try to illustrate with sparm. Um, so let's say, let's say you have here are your two walls, right? Yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna have to repurpose these sparm. Okay. So here are your two walls. They're parallel to each other. Now we're gonna put make believe that wall is still virtually here. Okay. So now you're gonna be putting your other four tefach wall in between those two walls, right? But it's not gonna be touching either of them. It's just going to be within three tfachim of that wall on the left side, and that will be sufficient. Rava says, you also need to make what is called a tzuras ha-pasach. What's a tzuras ha-pasach? We learned in Erevin. You're going to have to make a beam from one end to the other right here. Right? And by making that beam, it now has the appearance of a doorway. So it's not just enough, even though it's only lovud, it's less than three tfachim. And we look at that as if it's closed up. That being said, you actually still, according to Rabba, still requires a tzuras ha-pasach, the appearance of a doorway there. And once again, it goes back to the point that I was just speaking about. You need to have the appearance of a place of shelter. 
And it's not a place of shelter if it doesn't even have a tourist of Pesach that goes up the area. Okay. Ikadami, another version. Amar Rava, Rava says, Viniteras Nami, but tourist of Pesach. Rava says, another version would be that Rava says, it can also become permitted without requiring a fourth Tafach wall, but just with having a Tzuras Pesach, just having a doorway. Ikadami, another version, Amarava, Etzricha Nami Tzuras Pesach. Another version is that aside from requiring the, the, um, that the board is the width of a Tafach, you also need a Tzuras Pesach on top of it. That one of the, um, the posts that are on the floor upon which your crossbeam is, it has to be a full tefach width. Ravashi Ashkechel of Kahana, Ravashi finds Rav Kahana, the Ka'avat tefach sheikhik, that he was making a, the third wall of a sukkah is only one, one uh, wide tefach. The Ka'avat Tzuras Pesach. And he's also making it a Tzuras Pesach, the form of a Tzuras Pesach, right, of a doorway. Amar Leis, he says to him, Lo savar mar lahad Rava, do not agree with that which Rava says. Amar Rava, Rava says, In other words, Rava actually said, either Tzuras Pesach, or it has to be a wide tefach within four tefachim of the wall, within three tefachim of the wall. Why are you doing both? I hold like the other version of Rava. It says you need both the board that is the size of a tefach and also the form of a doorway. We said before that the two walls have to be as, the, as is properly with according to halacha. Very interesting halacha that comes up over here. It's like a fascinating halachic reality that I think is it's an eye-opener in terms of the way that we need to view the world from a halachic perspective, okay? The halacha is that on Shabbos, if you want to be able to carry inside in a domain, you need to have three walls. If it is Shabbos on Sukkot, okay? On Sukkot, the Sukkot is considered enclosed as long as it has two walls, and the third wall can be this patchwork kind of wall where it's a Tzuras Pesach, plus a Tefach, or, or a fourth Fachim, right? So on and so forth. For Shabbos, typically the rest of the year, you would not be able to carry in that area. It would be forbidden to carry. But on Sukkot, you're allowed to carry. Migu the Havi Daifin Linyan Sukkot, since it is considered a wall for the purposes of making a Sukkah, Havi Daifin Linyan Shabbos, it is also considered a wall for the purposes of Shabbos. You're allowed to carry in that area without any further tikunim, without any further fixes necessary. Eisvei Abaya, Abaya asks the question, do we indeed say that since you're allowed to carry here, not allowed to carry, since it is considered a sukkah, the rest of the days of sukkahs, it is also considered a wall for the sake of Shabbos. But Tanya, we learned in a Shabbos. The rules relating to the wall of a sukkah are the same as the rules relating to a wall for Shabbos. As long as there is not between any two reeds that are making up this fence. The Yesera Shabbos al Sukkah, but Shabbos is more stringent than Sukkah. Shah Shabbos ain't any terrace, elevaimin merubala parats. The wall for Shabbos is only going to work if the area that is enclosed by that wall, the wall itself is more omade, standing up, than parats, than open. Masha'in came a Sukkah, and it's not so when it comes to the laws of Sukkah. What does this mean? My love, is it not? Yesera Shabbos, the Sukkah, a Sukkah, is it not coming to teach you that even on Sukkah itself, the laws of Shabbos are more stringent for Shabbos than they are for Sukkah, teaching us that even though it's a good wall for Sukkah purposes, it is not a good wall for Shabbos purposes. And we don't say the rule of, since the walls are good for Sukkah, they're also good for Shabbos. Gemara says, like, not true. The laws regarding a regular Shabbos are more stringent 
than the laws regarding a Shabbos of Sukkah. But if that's so, that's coming to teach you that it's only more stringent Shabbos the rest of the year, but on Shabbos on Sukkot, it's actually just as lenient as the law of a Sukkah in terms of what's called a wall. Then it should say that a Sukkah on in the regular days of the year is more stringent than a Sukkah on Shabbos. Because in a regular sukkah the rest of the year, right? And the rest of, not the rest of the year, but the rest of the days of the week, it needs a tefach sheikhik. It needs that tefach where the fingers are spread wide. But the sukkah of Shabbos does not require this tefach in which the fingers are spread wide and it's a little bit of a larger tefach. Because even a regular one is okay. Why? Because the third wall on Shabbos can actually be sufficient to put up a lechi. Right, a lechi is that side post that goes right next to the previous wall, right? So if so, so the same way that for Shabbos purposes, that would be sufficient. For sukkah purposes, that would also be sufficient. Well, that's less than a tefach sheikhik and still it would be sufficient. Because you are the one who said, puts on top of a moboy, on top of an alleyway that has a lechi, that has a side post, kosher, it's going to be a good sukkah. Uh, good, good for Shabbos. You don't need to actually mention that, that the law regarding a sukkah is more stringent than that regarding a sukkah on Shabbos. The law regarding a sukkah any other day of the week is more stringent than a sukkah on Shabbos. Why? If we told you that the law of the less stringent halacha of sukkah is going to be applied to the more stringent Shabbos, certainly vice versa, we will also be able to apply it. That if something which works for Shabbos, it will certainly also work for Sukkah. Because if something which works for Sukkah works for Shabbos, then certainly something which works for Shabbos will also work for Sukkah. That is implicit. Kufa. Let's discuss this more, more at length, right? Do more of a deeper dive. Amar Rava. Rava says, turning the page now, because I am a base. If somebody puts chach on top of a moi, that has a side post. And if somebody places schach on top of the pasi bireyes, the pasi bireyes is a spalacha that we learned in Erevin, that the people who are being ola regal, the people who are going up to the Yerolim, to Yerushalayim, and they'd be able to have animals get water from a well. The problem was that the water from a well would be taken from the... Um, from a Carmelis into a, I'm sorry, from a Shusayachet into a Carmelis, I mean, into the Carmelis, which is a little bit of an in-between area. So Chazal said there's a workaround. You actually take these walls, and these walls are one Amma this way, one Amma this way, and you bracket walls, and you put them in all four places of the, around the area. And then you're allowed to put a sukkah on top of it, and it'll be a kosher sukkah. And we need to say this case. If we only said the case of the Mavoy, because it has two proper walls. The two walls are regular, full-size walls. Where it does not even have two proper-sized walls, perhaps the sukkah is not a good sukkah. And if we would have said the case of of where you have these boards around the wells, and then you put schach on top of it. Because there, there are total four walls. But if you put schach on top of a mobile, on top of an alleyway, the lekasham arba defanis, where there are not actually four walls, a maloi, perhaps it would not be valid. And if we would have said both of these cases, but not the third case, you would have thought perhaps you can only learn from the more stringent case to the less stringent. 
So I would have said that from the case where it's actually more stringent, right? That I'm sorry, from the case that's less stringent, in other words, if it's considered a wall for sukkah, maybe I cannot then derive that it's also considered a wall for Shabbos. Because Shabbos is just stringent than sukkah. So what works for the weaker case does not necessarily work for the stronger case. And therefore, we need to say all three scenarios. So he said, if it has more shade than, sorry, more sunlight than shade, it is a pasal sukkah. It is not kosher. When do we say that the too much sunlight is bad? When the too much sunlight is coming based on the fact that the schach is more, more open than closed. But not where you end up with more shade, more sunlight inside the sukkah because your walls are very thin walls. And that's why you have more sunlight because the walls are where the sunlight is coming in. That is not actually a problem. Rabbi says, even if the only problem of the reason why there's too much sunlight here is because your walls are open, that is also going to invalidate the sukkah. says the name of Abaya. Why does Rabbi say that the walls of the sukkah also have to be more shade than sunlight? Where does it say that? That's not the purpose of walls. As it's written in the Torah, and you shall put on top of the Aaron, you shall cover it with the Pereches, the veil. Pereches Mechitza. Now, Pereches, the veil, right, the, the, um, the partition, is actually a Mechitza, it's a wall. And the Torah calls it So we see that even a wall is called This teaches us that the Mechitza, that the wall has to be similar to the Schach. Rabbanan, the Chamam Argon of they say the wall does not have to be. Ahi, the Nekef Bey Porta. When it says that the the paroiches, the the, uh, the the curtain should cover over the aron, what it means is that it should bend over on top of the aron. The mechzik is and then it actually looks like schach. Amr Abaya says, Rebbe Rabbi Yeshi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Shammai, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi What is this total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different statements, right, of Tanayim? All of them believe that a sukkah needs to be built in a way that is a permanent house as opposed to a temporary house. Rebbe, how do we see that's Rebbe's opinion? The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Rebbe says if your sukkah is not four amas by four amas, sula, it's not a kosher sukkah. And four amas by four amas is because it needs to be more of a permanent type dwelling. Rabbi Yeshia is that which we just said, that even the walls have to have more shade than sunlight. Rabbi Yehuda, where do we see Rabbi Yehuda says this? It's none. We learned in our Mishnah. The sukkah that's higher than 20 amas is possible. Rabbi Yehuda says it is kosher. Rabbi Yehuda holds a sukkah needs to be a diras keva, a permanent type of dwelling, not a temporary type of dwelling. Rabbi Shimon, where do we see Rabbi Shimon holds this? Two walls are the proper, proper length, but the third wall could even be just one tefach. Shimon holds three walls, the fourth wall, even just the tefach size. Rabbi Gamliel says, the Tanya we learned in the Raisa. Someone makes a sukkah on top of a wagon, or on top of a boat. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel says it is a pasal sukkah. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says it is a kosher sukkah. Beishamai, Beishamai's opinion, the Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. If somebody has his head and most of his body in the sukkah, and the table is inside the house, 
Beishamai Paisna, Beishamai says it's a not kosher sukkah. Rabbi Sel Machshir, Rabbi Sel says it's a kosher sukkah. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, how do we know that he holds that a permanent type dwelling? None, we learned in the Mishnah. Somebody makes a sukkah like a trip. It's basically like um, the walls go straight up, right? The walls end up um, sloping into each other and there's not a flat roof on top of it. Or if he leans it against the wall, right? So the, it's just a triangular structure up against the wall. But the answer, that says it's not a good sukkah. It doesn't have a roof. The Chacham say it's okay. This, once again, is dependent on if you hold that it needs to be a permanent type dwelling, it should have a roof. Acherim, the others, what do they say? The Tanya, we learned in the Baisa. Acherim, sukkah a sukkah that's made like a shaivach. A shaivach is a place where the... Um, a, a dove coop, which is uh, round. Sula, it is not kosher. If you say in lazavas, it has no corners. Amr Rabbi a sukkah that is made like a furnace, right? So he says, in other words, using a different term for being round. I wonder why he's switching. I'm not sure. If there is enough in its circumference to permit 24 people to be able to sit inside of this rounded sukkah, it's kosher. And if not, then it is possible. Kiman, who is this statement made? Who's Rabbi Echanan saying this? Kirebi, like Rebbe. The Amarkis, he says, Kol arba al arba amas. Any sukkah that is not four by four amas, sula, it is possible. Mechti, let's make a calculation here. Four by four has enough space to fit 24 men. How is that so? Gavra ba'amsi yasif. A man is able to sit in an area of one amma. This is the famous Gemara that deals with pi. Anything which has a circumference of three tfachim, right? Its diameter is one tefach. So if Rebbe says you need four amas by four amas, then it should only have enough space for 12 men to sit here, right? Because think about it. If the circumference is three times the diameter, right, then why they, then let's work this out, right? The circumference of the sukkah is three times the diameter, right? So if the diameter is four amas, right? So the circumference is 12. Well, the circumference is 12, then there's, and each person sits in one ama, then you only have enough space for 12 people to sit. That's only true that the, that the circumference is three times the size of the diameter when it's a circle. When it, when it is a square, then you need a greater um, circumference, right? Because the diameter is not going to be equal anymore to the side, but the diameter is going to be equal to the, um, uh, what's it called again, the Pythagorean theorem, right? So it's a squared plus b squared equals c squared, right? So if the diameter of a square, it's not just a three to one ratio, okay? 